We could put you in a room with some padded walls. You can be safe and secure. But what a life to live. Man, what happens if you can act in that boldness with that fire that God has given you, that flame that's inside of you? It's time to fan that thing. It's time to act with that boldness and step out in faith. No longer operate in fear, but operate with the boldness that God has given you to be the change that you so know this world needs. The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success, focusing on the five power pillars, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program. It's much more than that. It's a tribe of like-minded men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Join us in creating the next wave of kingdom entrepreneurs and becoming the CEO of your life by visiting kingscouncilcoaching.com and connect with one of our team members today. This episode is brought to you by Gospel Canvas. Gospel Canvas is reimagining Christian art for today's generation of Christians. Their exclusive collections are custom, unique, and a beautiful reminder of the power of salvation and hope. Now, these pieces will brighten up any space and add high character and motivation that you can see, touch, and experience on a daily basis. Visit gospelcanvas.com today and use the promo code KING15 to get 15% off your purchase at checkout. That's gospelcanvas.com using the promo code King 15. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and we are wrapping up the antidotes to the plagues of attitude. This is the seventh edition. So we talked about the seven plagues of attitude here. And in the last one that we're talking about today is over caution. And as you guys know, we're not just talking about the plague, uh, but most importantly, we're talking about the antidote, how to counteract, how to cancel those things so we can move forward in our God-given calling. So first off, over-caution. What does that actually mean? Because I was trying to find like examples of this as I was prepping for this, and when I looked at like over-caution, I pretty much had to break this down. So obviously, there's caution. And if you look at the definition of caution, it means a care taken to avoid danger or mistakes. So when we are overly cautious, we are basically, we're risk averse. We don't take what I would consider the necessary risks to really walk out or to fully walk out our God-giving calling on this earth. So we are overcautious. This is a plague because at the core of what this really is, if we're so hesitant to take any sort of action, because of our fear or really the lack of faith, because that's what this is, which if we look at the definition of faith, it's it's a, a complete trust or a confidence in someone or something. 
we talked about faith a decent amount on this podcast. And so if we don't have that faith or that trust, we tend to walk in fear, not necessarily faith. And we know that it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I don't know about you guys, but I take that pretty darn seriously. It seems to me as Christians, so often we think that we're supposed to avoid risk, right? And this is, I believe, what we've been taught is like to avoid risk and play it safe. Be a good person. Don't do anything crazy. Avoid risk. Don't leave any room for mistakes. Play it safe. After all, it's better to be safe than sorry. How many of us grew up hearing that? I've even caught myself saying that before, and I immediately was like, what in the world am I saying? It's better to be safe than sorry. We've talked about on this show, too, just these neural pathways that were ingrained into us and, and the importance of us being able to audit our thoughts. Like, why do we think the way that we think and say the words that we say that we say? And it oftentimes, it tends to be just because it's how we were raised. And we've just let that happen, this way of life, these mindsets just happen to us instead of being intentional about really, truly auditing our thoughts and, and questioning why we would think the way that we think. But did God really intend for us to play it safe? Did he want that to be how we live our lives? Did he really give us the abilities, the resources, the influence to sit around and play it safe? Did God really want that? I got a tough time believing that because when I read the Bible, let me tell you, Jesus didn't play it safe, right? One of, one of the myths and, and what I believe is just like a straight up lie that has been crippling Christians, the Christianity faith for years is that Jesus has called us to play it safe. I've scanned the Bible and I have never seen this anywhere. I see instruction on the importance of seeking counsel, seeking wisdom, but the idea of safety and security, there's nowhere to be found in the Bible. I don't see that anywhere. It's certainly not taught, certainly not modeled by Jesus or any of his followers when I look throughout scripture. Like Jesus didn't play it safe. Paul didn't play it safe. None of the apostles played it safe. In fact, the, the church, if you look in the, the book of Acts, if you look at specifically chapter four, upon being like threatened and, and persecuted, they didn't sit back and just pray for safety and security. No, they prayed for boldness. Yet today we tend to just sit back and play it safe. And then we justify it by calling it wisdom, right? And we say things like, it's better to be safe than sorry. And let me ask you something. Is that the life that you want to live? When you're old and gray, is that the memory that you want to leave for your children or for your grandchildren? That, you know, grandpa or grandma, they were such a safe person. <laughs> Do you think anybody's going to admire how cautious you were? Absolutely not. Now, don't get me wrong here. We are called to be wise. We are called to ask for wisdom. Certainly pray to God, ask for wisdom, seek counsel from others. But do not get that confused with being risk averse. So how do we know when we should take risk or not? And the real answer is you never really know. But that's the point. If we know, that leaves zero room for faith, 
So there are a couple things that I've learned, not that I've lived such a long life, but there's a few things that I've learned just through the journey of life that I've been on, and, and I'll share a couple of them with you. The first thing is, if you believe that you are called to, to do something, you are called by God, know that God's never going to contradict the Word, the Bible, Okay, so I believe in the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and I believe that he speaks as loud today as he, as he did in the book of Acts, as we mentioned. However, I also know that according to the teachings of Scripture and, the, and the, you know, just the Holy Spirit in itself, it's never going to contradict the Word of God. So if that thing that you're feeling called to do is in conflict, direct conflict with the Word of God, then I'm telling you that ain't God. That ain't God calling you to do that if it's incomplete conflict with what the Word of God actually tells us. And the other thing I've learned is just to, to ask God for wisdom and to, to seek counsel, specifically godly people in your life. We're told that many times throughout Scripture, like to seek the counsel of others, to get advisors, to seek that wisdom from others. But what I've learned from personal experience that if I find myself ever maybe not wanting to share my idea with those people in my life that I know that really do love me, that really do love Jesus. And if I'm and if I'm hesitant about sharing that idea, I usually know that that's probably not a God idea. It's probably a Riley idea, right? And one of the things that, that every believer in Christ needs is godly men and wisdom who love Jesus and are willing to say what needs to be said. Anytime I ever shared a thought or an idea that I really believe that was God speaking to me or placed in my heart, and the people that the Lord has placed in my life, like the Christian Edwards, the Connor Mead, Steve, like these, these godly men in my life, if they ever would have, would have challenged me or pushed back, I'm always going to take a step back and pray and really think this through, that was this just my idea or was this really a God idea? Because God's going to give us that clarity. And he's going to show me that through the wise counsel, godly counsel, the wisdom of the friends, he's going to be able to speak through them. Now, I do want you guys to understand this because to be wise in this, we need to know who we consider counsel. Who are we getting that counsel from? Because first off, you know that I'm never going to take advice from someone that's never like gone before me or done what I'm looking to do. Just a philosophy that I've lived is like, if I wanted something, I looked for someone that had the fruit in their life, and then I went to be around them, and I asked them how they did it. So often, I can't stand those that, because it's always those that can't always want to teach, right? They're always the ones to tell you how you should have did it better or, or give you their opinion on certain situations when they got no business giving you any opinion about it right? They can do that, but it's up to you to actually receive that or take any sort of weight or put any weight towards that opinion. So when you are looking for that counsel or you're seeking that counsel, know who you're getting it from. And I've got a, a decent amount of friends that I would consider, you know, even business partners, just friends, business partners that I would consider smart, but still lack what I would consider godly wisdom, so know who you're seeking that counsel from, and then you get to choose to apply that into your life or not. So those are a couple of things that I've simply learned from experience, but I want to really dive into this now. What is the antidote of being 
overcautious, or in all reality, I would say, you know, really overcoming fear. If we're being cautious, we're operating in a sense of fear. The reason someone would be overly cautious is that they're afraid of potentially what could happen. I'm going to put an asterisk on that, like what could happen, because usually that's not going to happen. There is wisdom in having caution, but there's fault in having over-caution. So this is a fine line that I want to differentiate here as we talk about the antidote. So when we're looking at that, at the core of what this is, it's usually boiled down to fear. So what is fear? Now, when we think about fear, truthfully, to define fear, we have to have our definition of fear. This is where it might get a little confusing because a lot of people just think fear. It's like, okay, well, you're afraid, you're scared of something. But there is a healthy fear, the fear of God. It's a respect for what God can do, including the power and authority to condemn any of us to what we deserve, the eternal punishment for our rebellion against him. So there is that such thing as like a healthy fear, but I want to just kind of call that a respect. I can respect something like fire, which means I've got the knowledge of the potential harm that that fire can actually cause. So I'm going to do certain things that would prevent that from happening. That's like a healthy fear, the fear of God. It's a respect. But I want to be clear that respect is not the same as this fear that we're talking about that would cause somebody to be overcautious. Because fear is immobilizing. Fear is crippling. And at the core of it, fear, it's a feeling of almost like helplessness. So if we can strip fear of its control, right? That means that like once we've done all that we can do, whatever the situation is, we no longer have that anxiety over the danger that we might experience in that situation. If we're able to strip fear of that control, we can then sit calmly knowing that whatever happens we're going to be all right. And how can we know this? And it's because that we have a God that loves us. He loves us enough to look out for our best interest. He's promised to protect us, to deliver us, to walk us through danger and bring us ultimately to our eternal home. But here on earth, God never promised a safe life. But here's one thing he did promise, an abundant life. God never asked us to play it safe. He's asked us to take up our cross daily and follow him. He never promises a risk-free life, but he did promise a victorious life as we continually trust in him. That's the God that we serve. That's the heart, the disposition that we got to have when we're looking at the antidote to overcoming being overcautious. So that antidote, Really, it's the understanding of the difference between fear and caution. Again, a healthy caution versus being overcautious. So how do we know if we're giving in to fear versus a healthy caution? It's pretty simple, guys. Fear is going to respond emotionally in irrational ways. Fear is going to overreact to the truth, and it's going to accept like false, maybe incomplete, overblown 
information. It's going to be an over-exaggeration of what could happen. That's fear when we're operating in fear. Fear has the attitude of, if a little bit of caution is good, then a lot of caution is better. It can't hurt. Unfortunately, though, too much caution or over-caution, as we're calling it here, that can be just as harmful as fear in itself. What caution is going to do, it's going to get the facts. It's going to weigh the options, calculate the risks, and then move forward anyway. They're going to move forward. They're going to understand like, okay, these are the the steps. These are the risks, but I'm going to continually to move forward anyway, trusting that after all that we've done, God's going to take care of us. That's what we can rest in. Caution puts a, a protective maybe gear on us, and then it opens the door that allows us to face that threat. It's like putting on a helmet. It's our protective gear that's going to allow us to actually face that threat. So while caution can be wise, over-caution is crippling. And that's what's going to keep us from stepping into our true, true calling on this earth, the God-given calling that we have. Ephesians 6.13 says this, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes— you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. In this world, on this earth, we can only control so much. So it's important that we understand the difference between caution and fear. And I got a few examples for you guys. Caution, caution is peaceful where fear causes panic and chaos Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. Having caution is peaceful. Being fearful causes panic and chaos. Caution is going to pull God into the situation where fear is going to push God out or leave God out. Psalms 34, 4 says this, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. So caution is, I sought the Lord, pulling God into the situation versus fear is going to be operating in that panic and chaos and never taking the time to seek God. Caution is going to minimize or shrink the problems, minimize those problems, whereas fear is going to elevate the problem, elevates the problems above God. John 14, 27 says, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. Caution is going to look for the best. It's actually going to expect the best, where fear is going to expect the worst. Back to Psalms. Psalms 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's that, that fear is going to just cause us to just expect the worst, whereas caution expects the best. Caution actually, it laughs at the future, whereas fear is dreading the future. It's that doom and gloom. I get this from Proverbs 31, 25. It says, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs at the future. 
And another one for you guys. Caution equips us. Fear paralyzes us. It paralyzes our abilities. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I'm sure we've all heard that one before. So as we kind of skim through these scriptures, guys, it's easy for us just to overlook them, but do yourself a favor here. As part of this antidote, go back and listen to those. Write those down. Meditate on them until you feel them actually sink down within your being and then repeat it. That is truthfully like the antidote is just understanding that we don't serve a God that causes fear in us, that causes panic in us. No, we serve a God of peace, of power, of love, of a sound mind. That's what God gives us. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So here's a few questions that I want to just challenge you to maybe consider. What is God calling you to do that's maybe stretching your your comfort zone or your safety zone? What's God challenging you to do? What's he calling you to do? Where's your faith being stretched these days? What are you having to do, which maybe in order for it to actually be successful, he has to come through? What is that? Is there any area in your life that you know that God wants you to move? Like you felt it. You know that he wants you to act on this, that desire, that feeling that you've got within you. I've felt it. I've got to believe some of you felt this too. You know that there's something more, but you've been disobedient up until this point. You're playing it safe because the thought is, well, if I, it, it's better to be safe than sorry because I don't know what would happen, right? But start to think about like, what would happen? First off, what's the worst that could happen? Are you going to die? Are you literally, are you going to die? Or are you going to maybe risk some money, risk some time, risk embarrassment, risk your reputation. I mean, I tell you what, put that on the line and see when God shows up. So what are you playing safe that you've just thought in your mind, you're just being too overcautious to to allow God to even show up, right? Jesus did not play it safe, nor does he want you to. People who chronically fail are always looking at the risk and the opportunity. But the people in my life, I'm telling you, this is for me personally and everybody that I've I've followed and has mentored me along the way, people who always succeed are always looking at the opportunity and the risk. I'm going to repeat this for you guys. People who chronically fail are always looking at the risk and the opportunity, but those who always seem to succeed are always looking at the opportunity in the risk. And I got to believe that God is laying before you opportunities. How many opportunities have passed you by because of the risk, the fear? And we know that God does not give us that spirit of fear. Second Timothy tells us that he doesn't give us that spirit of fear, but a power of love, of sound mind, of self-control. So the next time that you see an opportunity, ask yourself, truly ask yourself, Is it the fear that you're feeling? Because if it's truly a fear that you're feeling, then you know that that ain't from God. 
because he gives us a spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. So if you have that initial twinge of fear, get excited and stand on his promises and operate in power and love and self-control. That's how we can be the antidote. Because if you look at overcaution and all these other plagues that we've talked about, whether it's doubt or worry or pessimism, a lot of them have to do with those feelings causing us to be overcautious. And I'm telling you, if you can just be bold, pray for that boldness like they did in the book of Acts, not for safety and security. Because if you want that, you can absolutely have that safety and security. You can do that. Heck, we could put you in a room with some padded walls. You can be safe and secure. But what a life to live. Man, what happens if you can act in that boldness with that fire that God has given you, that flame that's inside of you? It's time to fan that thing. It's time to act with that boldness and step out in faith. No longer operate in fear, but operate with the boldness that God has given you to be the change that you so know this world needs. That's what the King's Council is about. You think I had any clue what we were doing, <laughs> nor, nor Steve, when we started this thing? Like It's like, I don't know, but I know God's called us to this thing, man, so let's figure this out. And we just took a step and a step and a step and a step. We may have chosen to be cautious in certain things, but we were not overly cautious by any means because we acted with a boldness. We risked our money. We risked our time. We risked our reputation. Imagine Steve talking about bigger arms, six-pack abs. All of a sudden, he's like, I'm all in, bro. I mean, the dude has lit himself on fire. And I'm telling you, that's what attracted me. And I can almost guarantee that's what attracted you as well. So light yourself on fire. And let God use you and choose to take those risks and no longer operate in being overcautious. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at King's Council Coaching. We'll see you next time.